Hello and welcome to our podcast, On Your Marks. My name is Peter and I am the leader of St Mark's Church in Jersey, a growing, friendly Anglican church in the centre of St Helier. We want to take the Bible apart and see what's really in there, going beyond the face value to dig a little deeper into certain topics. We will bring you fresh content every week and hope you get a lot out of listening. So, if you're ready, let's go. Well, good afternoon to everyone who's listening. Welcome to our podcast. Um, So I'm sitting here, as usual, um, with my friend Ray, and we're here to discuss um, our final uh, talk in our series, which we've been doing on a Sunday morning called Sex, Drugs, Rock and Roll. Um, And so today the, the talk is on rock and roll, but as we've been uh, discussing over the past few weeks, there's always a, a, a hidden depth beneath beneath that subject title. Um, and yeah, so Ray, you feeling, feeling ready for it? Yes, yes. <laughs> Trying to dig into my memory banks to remember whether I ever did rock and roll. I don't think I did. <laughs> I, my youth was in the generation that had skip um, jive, where you preoccupation was usually with um, traditional jazz and that sort of thing. Um, Skip jive sounds more energetic than rock and roll, is it very lively? Yeah, it's been a bit more, I think, Um, but it's a long time ago and I couldn't skip anywhere now. (laughs) um, Uh, Well, um, so for for those of you who want to follow on, um, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and we're starting at verse 16. And then we're finishing um, at chapter 7, verse 1. So 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16, finishing at chapter 7, verse 1. So uh, I will read it and then we'll get Ray's take. So, what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God said, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them. And I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord, and touch no unclean thing, then I will welcome you. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, sorry, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Right. Yes. I'm delighted in the way in which the writer here is so comfortable in rooting what he's saying in the New Testament era with what God revealed in the Old Testament era. I think last time we commented somewhat on the wrong perception that some have about the Old Testament. It's all blood and guts and um, striking people with hip and thigh and all the rest of it. Um, Whereas there is a huge emphasis on grace and mercy um, throughout the Old Testament um, and in particular places considerable emphasis. So here again, the writer to Hebrews talking to New Testament believers 
um, and rooting what he's saying in the examples of the Old Testament. And I, and I, I in my preaching days, which sadly are now past, um, I loved to preach on the Old Testament because there we find the rooting of our faith. There we find the incredible revelations to emphasize God's grace and God's mercy. Yeah, because I love the fact what we have in Paul is somebody who studied, would we call him a scholar? I'm not sure, but he, he knew the Old Testament back to front. Uh, he studied under, and I can never say this guy's name, Gamaliel? Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Um, and was obviously a rabbinical scholar and knew his stuff. Yeah. Um, and the whole process of communicating the Old Testament truth was very, very thorough and very substantial. And that's what Paul gives to us, doesn't he? He does this yeah. so often. He is weaving it in. So just for those who didn't pick it up as I read it, so the second half of verse 16 yep. up to verse 18 is all quote quotation from the Old Testament. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And from different passages, from the writings of Ezekiel and Isaiah primarily, but... It's, um, it's wonderful the way in which he is so comfortable in doing that and bringing it to the attention of the saints um, in Corinth. It's, uh, it's, it's good. Yeah. It's good. I like that. So and we, we took a take, Ray, about holiness. What would you say the overarching theme of this right. passage is? Uh, again, I would say that's your primary theme. Um, how do you identify holiness? Um, yeah. I would say godliness, Christ-likeness, so that you shift the em- emphasis first away from me and onto our perception of God himself, whom Jesus reveals to us in human form. And what he reveals is the perfect one. What he reveals is the God who is utterly, totally holy. Set apart, that means, has the idea of fundamental purity. That is the absolute example and challenge for those who say they are followers of Christ. Are you a follower of Christ? Yes, I am. Then you follow the one who is holy. And therefore you are set apart. Therefore you are different. So that when you put yourself beside the generality of behaviour in today's society, you know you're you're aware that you're living by different standards, different attitudes, different priorities, and you are conscious of that. There's no problem. It's not being that's not being proud or anything. Mm. That's simply being aware that we have been given a standard by which to live, and it's the standard by which Christ lived, and it's to be. Like him. So the reason this, well, how this links for us for rock and roll, why, why are these passages together, 
is actually because quite often Christians worry about what is taboo, what are they allowed to do and what are they not allowed to do, what activities are okay and, and so on. And, you know, rock and roll is just a, a little idea of is that okay to do? And, but it's actually way bigger than that, isn't it? Yeah. So verse 17... Uh, I, I don't don't think you're mar- miles away though don't put yourself down over this um i <laughs> i remember being i'll have to be a bit vague in this um being at a wedding reception with nicola um in this island a long time ago and we were sat opposite a christian leader and somehow it came up in conversation about Cliff Richard, perhaps, that we've met him and things like that. And um, Nicola said she's a great fan of Cliff Richard. And this caused great offence to this other clergyman um, that we would be positive about, um, about somebody who gained his livelihood with music of this sort. And um, there was a and still continues to be a sort of attitude there that can be very judgmental. Um, However, I think we do have to be nonetheless wise in what we do promote and appreciate. Because if you apply that to too many things, if we apply it to how we view the television, um, we've spoken about this before, and again, that we need to be selective and careful and wise. Um, so verse 17 obviously is the one of the Old Testament quotations, therefore go out from their midst and separate from them, which then potentially Paul then talks about in verse 1 of chapter 7. He says, because we have these promises, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement and so on. What do you, what, what do you take on the... F- on the whole idea of separation, because some take this to the extreme, yes. don't they? Yes. Um, I mean, you've got the monastic tradition within the life of the church, which is strong yeah. um, and has it's, has some very early roots. Um, and you have the Christians in the ancient times who, the, what were they called? Stylites, weren't they? Who used to sit on top of a pillar um, Gosh. And I, I imagine food was brought to them. Um, but they would live their lives totally devoid of proper human contact. Um, and then you have the development of communities and the like. Um, and in our, the modern times, you have communities, communities that have common practices and beliefs about the work of the Holy Spirit, for instance, Mm -hmm. who established groups and lived in in community some. So, I mean, there's a community, I think, isn't it called the Brimhofen? And there's a documentary I watched on that. And they're almost a bit like, I guess, like the Amish in a way, completely segregating themselves off, living very simplistic lives, you know, maybe no, no electricity or, you know, who who's right is everybody right what's the balance how how do for the average person who's probably listening to this thinking what is what is Paul trying to say to me about separating myself and being holy and on, on my journey to seek holiness yep. yep there are those for whom 
that separation from the challenges and temptations of the world um, enable them to grow in holiness. They have the support and help of those around them. Um, others, as you say, would see it rather differently and say you're sort of cushioning yourself from reality. How can you understand the pressures of life and the temptations? Um, I suppose in the end it's a matter of personal calling. If you are called to focus your life on the life of prayer and devotion and growing in the knowledge and grace of God, though that's for all of us, um, then maybe that's your calling. Mm. Um, I see who am I to sort of deny that? Yeah. On the other hand, for myself and most of us as Christians, the relationships that we enjoy with those who do not as yet belong to Christ are important. Um, we need to understand, we need to grow in sensitivity to others, we need to be to have the sharp cutting edge of being able to converse and discuss and relate to a wide range of people. I like that Ray, personal calling. And I yeah. think that's the, that's the, the, the focus. Mm. My, my calling was always clear that I'd been called and set apart to proclaim the gospel to share Christ um, that's therefore anything that distracts from that or makes that impossible um, is not for me yeah but it might well be for somebody else is holiness a, an achievable aim within this life um, holiness is an is an aim we are pressing on we're pressing on to the high calling that we have in Christ um, it New Testament from time to time likens it to the athletic competition where you've got you're heading for the tape you've got to achieve that you've got you, that's where we're going we are going ultimately to glory we, we're on our way to heaven meanwhile we take steps along the way which are steps of holy living because in due course there will be absolute holiness in the presence of God um, and so we're equipping ourselves we're, it's you know a fitness regime right. um, is the, the quest for holiness so yes we are called very definitely to live different lives holy lives set apart for God um, to honor him and to promote faith in him what would you say the difference is between righteousness and holiness? Depends in what sense you use the word righteousness. There is the righteousness that we have imputed to us when we belong to Christ. We are made righteous through faith by what Christ has done for us on the cross. In our, from that point on, we press on to become righteous so we want we've got this extraordinary picture of trying to become what we are in fact already <laughs> and, and you know it's almost an impossible thing to grasp yeah. um, but 
when we have been saved by grace, we belong to Christ, we are his for eternity, we are secure for eternity, and when God sees me, he sees Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory, the New Testament says. And that's where I'm going. And I'm now wanting to become, to live up to, if you like, that calling, Mm. that which I have been made, I am perceived to be in in Christ, in Christo, Paul speaks of so one of his most used phrases in Christo in Christo in Christ and um, it's something that recurs with frequency Mm. um, so yes righteousness is both what I am created in Christ when I'm born again and what I'm pressing on towards by the enabling of the Holy Spirit in my daily life in the first I'm eternally secure in the second I will perhaps never achieve it but press on towards it I'm heading for the tape but I shall never actually quite meet, get to the tape until I step across the river into the glory so verse 1 of chapter 7 Ray since we have these promises let us cleanse ourselves how do we? Because I mean, there's two types of cleansing. There's body and spirit. Because then that's yeah. bringing holiness to completion. And how do we know if we're doing something that we need that we need to cleanse ourselves from? So how do we know and how do we do? Yeah. Um, how do you know? You, we live in relationship to the Spirit of God within us. He has no problem in pointing out the problems. And... It really is a bit disingenuous if we say we don't really know what needs adjusting. Um, We know only too well what needs to change in our lives because we have the Spirit within. And he is well-versed in making us feel very uncomfortable. Um, So, you know, that first of all is a falseness in drawing that distinction. Um, sorry, what was the other half? And how do we do? So if we then yeah. know, how yeah. do we do? So who's pointed it out? Who who has identified the area of difficulty in your walk with God um, and the way you live? Um, it's the Holy Spirit. Therefore, who's most likely to be able to help you to do something about it? The Holy Spirit. He knows where we're supposed to be going. He knows how we're getting on. He knows the weaknesses that we have. And he and he alone. So it is giving over step by step, issue by issue, behaviour pattern by behaviour pattern to the control of the Spirit of God. So it's surrender to him and allow him to change our attitudes, to change our priorities. And we can do so with that enabling, I believe. As I say, I don't personally see that I will reach perfection, though there are some who would. But I do believe that we are constantly, not in any sort of self-denigrating way, but just to respond to grace 
by grace, knowing God's grace. Yeah. Okay, Ray, so what would you say then, to sum up, from these passages, what would your take be? We've kind of said it all, but what would you... Yeah, yeah. Well, I would, I would love to stick with what how Paul does here with verse 1 of chapter 7 let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God therefore not being scared about fear the wrong sort of fear is dangerous but our fear of God is something that's part of our motivation so that we delight to please the heart of God. And in that sense, acknowledge our fear of falling into the hands of a holy God, if we're not in the right place. Fab. Ray, thank you so much for your take. Okay. See you next week. We do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and share with your friends on social media. And please do get in touch with any suggestions or comments you may have. Thanks for listening and see you next time.